0: with me tonight, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Amen, as you settle down tonight. um, I want to minister tonight a sermon that I begin to feel God tug upon my heart to speak and to preach on tonight. And I would like to just take a few moments to address this. You see, growth is a process tonight. And as believers, one of the fundamental realities is that it's important that we are growing and maturing in our faith with God. So it's not enough that we are saved and only come to salvation, but it is also necessary that we are growing as a part of our sanctification and our progress in God There's a story about a man By the name of William Windsor This man was the author uh, Of a popular magazine Known as Popular Mechanics Now William Winsor Was a 5 foot 11 inch 180 pound man But the odd thing about this guy Is he would go into a store With a pink bonnet Pink shorty dress and white-patent leather shoes. He would wear gold-hearted shaped earrings beneath his carefully curled hair and under his dress, you would find him with his diaper. He takes his place with a carry-all full basket in the supermarket filled with gerber baby food and juice and diapers. Someone at the cashier looked at him and he said, Oh, it's baby man! A Hispanic kid heard the legend but has never been able to see it for himself. William Windsor is a.k.a. baby man. 54-year-old guy walks around with a diaper. And the interesting reality is this. Why? Why? Why would a person do that? Now let me tell you this evening, it's interesting as I pastor, you find people in places where they never seem to grow up. I have dealt with marriages and couples and single men and single women and relationships with people and I'm, very intrigued by the fact on why they behave the way they do and the real reason is because they never grow up. Have you seen a baby? What does a baby do? Meh, meh. And what do you do? You give him what he wants. You know some adults are like that. Some adults are like that. Some husband and wives have to look after their, their husband or their wife like a baby. Don't get angry. Don't get upset. You want what you want? What you want? You know why? Because they've never grown up. I really want to talk to you tonight on the subject of growing up tonight. Because in your Christian life, you must learn to grow up. Amen. And so let's consider 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 2 tonight. In this passage that we're going to read, Paul is addressing the Corinthian church. And he says these words, he says, And I, brethren, consider the words here, could not speak to you as spiritual people. Look at Paul's words. Could not. It's not that I will not. It's not that I, 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 you know, it's not that Paul is in a place where he's saying, you know what, uh, I will not do this, but he is saying he wants to do it, but he just can't do it because they're spiritually infant. And he goes on to say, as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. He went on to say, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able. So, years have gone by. And Paul is saying, you know, when the time came when you were a new convert, or when you were a believer that had freshly come to the faith, or when you recently gave your life to Christ, no doubt, I could not speak to you with uh, with, with, with maturity because you were a spiritual infant. But years have gone on, time has gone by, Seasons have come and seasons have gone. And Paul goes on to say, you were still not able to receive it. Now that's dangerous right there. When your Christian life isn't growing. And I want to talk to you about this tonight because what Paul is addressing in the church of Corinth is not foreign to Christianity today. That what Paul is really bringing to understanding here and the the definition that Paul is describing in our text begins to give us insight concerning the level of maturity and growth in a believer. In other words, the level of absorption. That means when you sit tonight, you listen to preaching, you go through life and you begin to experience seasons and you begin to receive uh, uh, words from God. You begin to receive all kinds of insight and somewhere along the way, Paul is saying, you cannot absorb it because somehow you are spilled spiritual infants. What triggered this sermon is through the years of pastoring Number one, it's my observation. I've seen in people, in their reaction, in their behavior, in their response to life. I see people beginning to throw tantrums, get into fits because of immaturity. They ask many times, Pastor, why is this person different from the other person? And I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, it has to do with their level of maturity. It has to do with their level of maturity. When you show me a matured person, I will show you a stable person. A person who can understand what life has for them. Understand that in life, they have to uh, 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 realize that you cannot just allow the circumstances to cause them to react. Listen very carefully, church. Here's what Paul is trying to help us see, that the reasonable explanation to why do some people mature and some people don't is because of their level of absorption. It's reasonable to say that a new Christian would probably behave a certain way and that's acceptable. Amen. A new Christian will behave a certain way. I don't expect new Christians to behave uh, uh, you know, all perfect and dandy. It takes time. You don't expect a baby to get up one day and say, Hey, Dad, I'm just going to go and earn some money. It, it never happens you, you get what i it, it, it's not going to happen it, it's going to take time for the child to grow up it's going to take time for the child to mature it's going to take time for their minds to mature and to grow but when an older believer this is what troubles me who should know more who have been a christian for long enough behaves unexpectedly or does something out of character. You ask yourself, why? Why do they behave like that? I think in all reality, they have not matured in their walk with God. Paul is addressing this, that the reason, he says, for stunted growth, let's use the term stunted growth here, The reason why a Christian never grows is primarily because of carnality. Romans chapter 8, 6 through 7, Scripture says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity with God, against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed... Can be. So carnality in the Greek definition is to have the nature or characteristic of the flesh, which means a carnal person functions completely and solely on the flesh nothing spiritual about their behavior. There's worldliness, there's earthly and temporal reactions. They begin to respond to life. And I think this is what Paul is trying to help us see, that the reason a Christian fails to grow in their walk with God is because somewhere they are unable to process life spiritually because they are too carnally minded. And so everything that comes against them, they have to take it in the physical and deal with it in the flesh. How many know when you deal with problems in the flesh, you get frustrated? You cannot handle life without God. When you try to handle circumstances in your carnal mind, in your fleshly mind without God, I declare to you, beloved, you will only frustrate yourself. This is the result of why they don't grow. This is why believers struggle to grow. Because somewhere their mind has not been converted. They are not receiving food for their spiritual edification. Now, in this passage, Paul says, I fed you with milk, not with solid food in verses 2. Now, listen to me very, very carefully. Because this is, this is not foreign. Baby man isn't foreign in Christianity today. I see a lot of Christians who have been Christians for 15, 20 years, but still talk like a baby. Nana na, na gege. You hear them and and you wonder, what happened? Haven't you grown? Why you still talk like a child? They should be helping people, they should be ministering to people, they should be, you know, giving people understanding concerning the. But you don't see that. Instead, they seem to make all kinds of immature. Commands or statements, and this becomes disturbing because the question then comes, uh, the question then is, what happened to your growth? Why haven't you grown? My children have grown quite normally. If Jeremy is nine years old this year, and he is still like a one-year-old toddler walking around. Something's wrong. Are are you following what I'm saying? Something's wrong. And, And the problem with that is, we often catch it in the physical, but when it's in the spiritual, we fail to see it. We don't realize it, we just kind of dismiss it. We just kind of—it's normal. Oh, it's normalized. okay. Uh, yeah, my behavior like that or me talking that way is normal. You know, uh, I'll get over it. Uh, but when you see your son, who's a nine-year-old boy, walking like a one-year-old boy, the first thought that comes: something's not right here. He's either not getting nutrition to his legs. He's either not getting sufficient uh, um, nutrition to his body for him, for him to be promoted with growth. and uh, But you can see, he is nutritious. He's grown. He's matured. It's normal. But that's the point I make to you, beloved. We emphasize the physical more than the spiritual. Have you grown in your spiritual life? I want you to consider that question with all honesty. Have I grown in my spiritual life? Do I respond differently to circumstances that I face today? Do I respond differently to the problems I face today? Or do I continue to respond in carnality? Something has to change. There's a term in the medical field known as spinal meningitis. And what it is, I was reading about a family who had two sons, and this family really wanted to have a daughter. But this girl, after several years they, uh, the, the parents, after several years, had a little girl by name of Lynn, gave birth to her. She was a beautiful girl, and she basically, you know, really brought incredible amount of uh, excitement to the family. But eventually, when Lynn was one year old Spinal meningitis struck this girl. Her growth, both mentally and physically, became stunted. She would never learn what other healthy children has learned or will learn. And experience during her early growth process, to walk, to talk, or to play, the disease eliminated these possibilities. I think so many Christians walk around with spiritual meningitis, no growth. And the problem though is we never ask ourselves, why am I not growing? Why do I still behave like a child? Why do I still behave like a kid? Why am I stagnant? Why is it that I don't seem to be growing in the knowledge of God's Word? You know, one of the things I desired when I got saved, and when I began to see uh, uh, my pastor preaching, and I began to see uh, the men that were in church, I began to develop this hunger and desire for the Word of God. Until today, I have a book that I carry with me in my bag. I think I've gone from one to another, to another, to another. Probably about close to a thousand odd thoughts of scriptures I've read and I've listed down what are the thoughts God has given me concerning that scripture. I think probably one day you'll find in the market GS commentary. The GS Bible Commentary, the Gregory Sinopin's Bible Commentary. I have a book I carry. It's all in there. Everything that I read, everything. And, And when I read this, God speaks something to me. I see it. I see something. I begin to jot it down. I begin to write it down. I've grown in my desire for God. I've grown in my depth of the Word of God. And I can tell you, beloved, if... I'm being your pastor tonight. If I took the church in 2010 and I'm still preaching the same quality of sermons since 2010, you're in trouble. That means I've not grown. I've not matured. If the quality of sermons are still not, you know, coming out with, with, with a, a certain growth value, there's something wrong. That means somewhere my growth is stunted. What causes it to be uh, stagnant? Stagnancy is the result of only uh, uh, being, uh, the failure of receiving the nutrition. And Paul says it best when he says, you only seem to be able to consume milk. Now, catch this with me. A lot of people make the statement, God will never test you beyond what you can handle. Have you heard that? Have you heard that? God will never test you beyond what you can handle. Right? And then they quote 1 Corinthians chapter 10.13. No, let me be very clear. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, the Lord will never tempt you beyond what you can handle. It's two different things here. One is temptation, one is testing. You will never get better if the testing will never go above who you are. If you set for an exam, and the questions that were thrown to you were only questions that you already knew the answer to, you'll never grow. You'll never grow. But the testing has to exceed your ability in order for you to grow. And so this is, the, this is the mixture or the misconception that people have. People often say, oh God will never test you beyond. No, I'll tell you what, I've been around for long enough. God has tested me many times beyond what I can handle. Because when it goes beyond to what beyond what I can handle I start depending on God. He'll not tempt you beyond what you can, but he will always test you beyond what you can handle. Why? Because in that you find strength. In that, you find God coming down to help you But you see, with many Christians, just like Paul says You are still at the place of consuming milk And so, can I put it to you this way Your life and all that's going on in life Is not commensurating the input that you put inside Or you bring into your body It's not commensurate. So, when I am going through life, life is hard, life is difficult, life is throwing its shell, a bomb, and everything at me and all that's going on. But when I look at my spiritual life, my spiritual life is way back there. And my spiritual life is so backwards that what's going on in life is just going and going and going and going. But my spiritual life is not complementing my physical life. Are you with me? This is what Paul is saying, you're going through life, life is not going to stop for you, you know that right? Tomorrow time is going to tick, in no time it will be 7.30, in no time it will be tomorrow, time is no man pleaser, it's going to go on. But I want you to understand, please catch what I'm saying here, your spiritual life has to complement what you're going through in life. If you don't have spiritual maturity, if you're not spending enough time with God, life is just going to go on. And you know what you're going to find out? Oh my gosh, life is so hard, but your spiritual life is not ready to handle the life that's coming towards you. And that's what Paul is saying. You should, you, you should already be eating meat by now. The teeth should have grown out. You, you should have been matured. You have, should have grown above and beyond. That even when these things come against you in life, you can handle it because your spiritual life complements what's going on in the physical. And this is where the breakdown happens. Life goes on, but your spiritual life is way back there. And so what happens is, because you don't have enough spiritual juice, I use that word, to commensurate or even to complement your physical circumstances, you soon begin to quit praying, you begin to slack, you begin to move backwards. Why? Because I, God's not helping me. God's not moving for me. I have to handle this problem myself. No, listen, beloved. Why does God allow life to go on and your spiritual life to walk alongside with life? I declare to you it's because God wants your spiritual life to complement your physical life. It's a reciprocal effect. It affects both ways. And this is the problem. This is what Paul is saying. Your spiritual life hasn't taken off. Your spiritual life is still at that place where kids would drink milk. First Corinthians chapter 13, verses 11. The Bible says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Have you met baby men in your life? i met baby men many times. You don't give them what they They cannot handle it. They cannot handle it. They cannot handle no. Cannot. So you know what they do? You know what? what I've, been, I've been working, beloved, in the past. I pastored long enough. I can tell you. You know what people do? They let baby men control them. So you know what happens? So let's just say you're going through life. And things are not going your way. So they throw an emotional fit. Listen to me, young people, when you want to get married, don't get married to baby man. Make him a man before he, you know, before he takes control over you. You know what most of the time happens? The moment they don't get what they want, they throw a fit. And so you know what the other party would do? Okay lah, okay lah, okay lah, take lah, take lah, take lah. Have you, have you met people like that? Yeah? Take, 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 take. take. And then you know what they come and tell me after that? Whether it's the wife or whether it's a, the it's, it's a husband or whether it's the, it's the children or whoever it is, they come and tell, Pastor, they're taking control of my life. No, they cannot take control unless you give them control. You know what I've learned to do? I've learned to say no to people. I'm telling you, try it. You will see all kinds of reaction. Angry and throw a fit and upset and all. Hey, do what you want to do. It's not my problem. And you've got to deal with people like that because immature people are everywhere. Immature people. You can walk into a counter and you can stand in front of someone who's serving and they can throw a fit. You wonder, what did I do to you? Why do I deserve that treatment? But you know what? Why, why they behave? Number one, immaturity. They've not grown up. You know who behaves like that? My children. That's true. Kids behave like that. And so what I see is many adults, many older people, never become adults. And I think that's what Paul is talking about. You still drink milk. You cannot handle life. And so this can only be dealt by a few ways. And we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 5 and then address what's happening here in our passage. Imagine you were viewing a movie of a newborn child, and you get to watch as the baby is delivered. It's an exciting time. You see the child nurtured and coddled. The film progresses. And you get to see this baby get cuter and cuter each day. There are even cute outfits, little bows, rattles, toys. Then there are scenes of the child as it begins to crawl. This baby stumbles a bit. And you see this baby beginning to crawl. This child seems to be developing normally. You continue watching as this child's life unfolds and development and growth becomes more pronounced. But something goes wrong. The child stops developing. Though the child is growing physically, it isn't developing mentally and emotionally. And it soon becomes evident that as it develops into that stage where crawling is left behind, something isn't right. It still crawls when it should be walking. The child still mumbles as an infant when it should be developing language skills. It is stuck in the infant stage and if you look at a storyline like that, you would think how sad it is. And let's consider here on how can I become a matured Christian tonight. Hebrews chapter 5, 12 to 14 Notice the author of Hebrews beginning to make this statement. And he says in this passage, no one really knows. I mean, you get commentators saying that the one who wrote Hebrews was actually Paul, some say Apollos, uh, uh, and some unknown author. So we don't know exactly who wrote the book of Hebrews. But Hebrews chapter 5, 12 to 14, the author says this. He goes on to say in verses 12 to 14, For though by this time... You ought to be teachers, but yet you need someone to teach you. Again, the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who are by reason, use, have used their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Discernment is part of maturity. Being able to discern what is right and wrong, being able to discern what is appropriate and what is acceptable, is a sign of Maturity. And I want to hone in on these because there are three factors here that I want you to catch that I believe contributes to the growth of a person. You want to grow as a Christian, you want to grow as an individual, you got to listen to these three things. Number one, you got to listen. In verses 12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. You know why? because they didn't listen the first time. They didn't listen the first time. So it was preached to them, but you know what they did? Two things. They either chose to ignore it, or they chose to rebel against it. And I've seen this to be true, beloved. Immaturity is a sign of a person that doesn't listen. Scripture reveals this to you and I, that the lack of listening, the lack of doing what you've been taught to do, the lack of not practicing, I'm, I'm, I'm so amazed at, at, at the number of different books and articles that come out. There's a book right now, and I'm, I'm, I'm reading that book, it's by James Clear, it's called Atomic Habits, fantastic book. And I can tell you, beloved, that beyond a shadow of a doubt, habits are not something that people just, you know, wake up out of the blue and just begin having. It's developed and it's established. You have to set a structure for habits. You can't just say, oh, today uh, I feel like reading the Bible, I read lah. Today I feel like coming to church, I come lah. Today I feel like giving, I give lah. Today I feel, you know how many Christians base their life on feeling? Never listen. Just, oh, I feel, I feel like doing I feel like doing it. And then they do it. Beloved, listen to me. This is the result of immaturity. This is why uh, somewhere along the way, they never grow in their walk with God. James chapter 1, verses 22, but be a doer of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. You can't just listen and don't do. How many know we live in a generation of pretenders? In front of you, they'll say, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I get that a lot. Yes, pastor. Yes, pastor. Okay, pastor. Yes, pastor. I get called. Yes, pastor. Yes, pastor. Then after they put the phone down, they do something else. And then they come back to you. Why? Why didn't grow? Because you didn't listen. I'm telling you, there's a reason why God puts a pastor in place. To advise you so you can Listen. And I have seen this to be true, beloved. I have seen in the mother church, I have seen uh, uh, even in this church, people who you wonder, why are they still holding that susu bottle in their hand? And you have to realize, why do they still behave like that? Why do they still continue to respond like that? Why do they ever mature in in their relationship? Why, 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 why? I think it goes back to the fact that they know what to do they just don't want to do it. The second reason why they don't mature is because they cannot handle me. And what this means, in the Bible it says in verses 12 and 13, uh, uh, it, it, the second part of verses 12, he says, you have come to need milk and not solid food. In verses 12, at the end of that. And then verses 13, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe so they do not like meat. they don't like it have you met a vegan they said that people in israel are all mostly vegans i don't know but i'm not against vegans i'm not saying that uh, this sermon has nothing to do with that if you're, you're vegetarian praise god please it might be good but my point is there are people who hate me who hate me they just don't want it you know what that means when it takes more time to digest, they shun away from it. Don't want lah. Too much work lah. I don't want, I don't want. Too deep. Too much insight. Pastor, I don't want. I want the light meal, Just the light one. Just the veggie. Give me the veggie only. I don't want the meat all. Meat all too heavy. Too heavy. And that's why you never grow. I'm being real tonight, Church. I'm telling you, I had, a, I had a video to show you tonight. World evangelism. This sermon came at 5.20. So, you better believe that I, I, I knew that God wanted me to say this. But my point to you tonight is, there are people who never grow because they don't like me. You know what's meat? This is meat. This is meat. I'm not suggesting you go and eat this up tonight. I saw Isaac's face and he already had this idea in his mind. That's not what I'm saying. This is meat though. This is good stuff. This with teriyaki sauce, barbecue sauce, He flavoured it, and then they tenderised it, and it's ready for con- consumption. No, but the all real reality, this is meat, beloved. And this right here, one of the realities is it will challenge you. It's going to tell you things you may not like to hear. You're going to read stuff that you may not like to read. You're going to find things in the scripture that you may want to avoid and take an easier way out. How many know what I'm talking about? The Bible may tell you, you need to pray. Ah, prayer is too much of work lah. The Bible might tell you, you need to give. Ah, too much of work lah. The Bible might tell you You must never, you must never forsake this ah, Too much of work So you resist the meat Because it's too much to digest And so guess what happens You never grow this is, good, this is good food Now the same is true with people in life Psychologically When people don't want to take the hard steps in life They'll never grow can I tell you something? Exercising is not the difficult task. You know what's a difficult task? Getting your foot out of bed and putting it down, and then deciding to put your shorts on and your t shirt and say, I'm going to go for a run. That's the harder thing to do than to go to the gym or to go for a run. Once you have overcome that hurdle, that meet that is so hard to con- once you've overcome that hurdle the work is easier how many know going to work it's harder than actually working amen <laughs> right getting up and <sighs> shower, put on your clothes dress up, eat your breakfast <sighs> get in the car drive for 45 minutes and then to go to work. And once you're at work, you feel like, okay, i like, got friends, got people, can chit-chat, can, and the day passes on. But it's the work, it's, it's getting to work that's harder than actually working. And that's what the Bible is saying. It's the meat. It's, it's, it's when you look at it, you're like, I can't do this, it's too much. It's too hard, it's too difficult. God is asking too much from me. And beloved, can I tell you, if you continually resist to just receive meat, if you continually push meat away, you will never grow. If you continue making excuses, it's too difficult, it's too hard, it's too too difficult. Pastor, I can't do it, it's tedious, it takes too much out of me. You'll never grow. How many Christians I know are quitters? Why? They just don't want to change. You know, every story of a successful person required some hard decisions they had to make. Some hard decisions. May not be the most appealing choice in life. It may not have been the easier choices in life. But you see, they reject it. Christians reject it. And they never grow. And the fourth, or rather the third thing, is in verses 14, the Bible says, solid food belongs to those who are of full age. Can you imagine giving a one year old baby beef or steak? <laughs> Six month old baby, come here, son. Have a steak. Number one, it's a waste because I love steak. Why give a baby steak when you can give me steak? You know, you get what I mean? And number two, that poor guy is not going to digest it. So the Bible says, solid food belongs to those who are full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So the point I make to you tonight as we bring this down, most people can differentiate between right and wrong. But to differentiate between what is good for you and what is beneficial to your spiritual being takes maturity. So it's not a question about what is right and what is wrong. That's not the question anymore. It's what benefits my spiritual life. That's the question. Is me spending more time in prayer, I know it's right. I know it's good. I know praying daily is a good thing. It's not a matter of right and wrong anymore. It's a matter of discerning what benefits you and what doesn't benefit you. This is what Paul says. All things are lawful for me to do. All things are right. But he says not all things benefit me. Are you with me tonight? So there are things you have to discern. It's right. It's appropriate, it's acceptable. There's nothing wrong. Is it wrong for you to go out with, with, with friends? No, nothing wrong. Is it wrong for you to go and work? No, there's nothing wrong. Is it wrong for you to uh, uh, go and have some entertainment and have a good time with fa- family and friends? No, nothing wrong with that. They're all right things to do. But the question must come back to this. How much does that benefit my spiritual life? Are you with me? Now, I'm not asking you, as I said this morning, to be a hermit. Um, I'm not suggesting for you to be one and sit in a corner and just, oh, I'm spiritual. I don't go out with friends. Just stay home and pout and read the Bible and pray. And then when anybody talk to you, you try to be so spiritual. (laughs) Thus say it, God. How are thou today? Or, you know, you quote a scripture, you know, and you have to say something in scripture, you know, come on, don't be super spiritual with me. We're human beings. We're living in the world today. Right? Right? I mean, that shuns people away I was over lunch today One of the couples was asking me Pastor, you know, our family One of our families say When they walk past the temple They can feel all kinds of spirit You know, disturbing them And, you know, and, then, and then, you know When we bring home something to the, to the house They say, oh, this is from the devil It's a pair of shoes <laughs> It can't be from devil Devil don't wear shoes <laughs> You know what's the problem? They spiritualize everything Everything was spiritual. You cannot do this. You cannot eat that. You cannot drink this. You cannot do that. You, you cannot Everything Legalistic. We're not talking about being legalistic. We're talking about what is right and what's beneficial. They're different terms. So it's right to do many things in life. It's right to have a good time. It's right to go out and have a great time with your family. It's right for you to go out and have a great time. But the question must always come back to this. As you've already done, whatever you want, you have fun, you have a great time. How much have I benefited my spiritual life today? That's the question. Why do we wake up early to pray? Because before we do anything else, we benefit the spiritual man. Are you with me? When your concern becomes about benefiting your spiritual man, you begin to grow in God. It's not a matter of right and wrong anymore. Maturity and growth comes when you're willing to contribute to your spiritual being. An immature believer will do whatever the world wants them to do without questioning or testing if this is God's Word. There's a great blessing tonight that comes with spiritual maturity and growth. When you are spiritually matured, you see things differently. You begin to have a very different relationship with God. I can tell you, I preached so many sermons in the years of being a pastor, and I can tell you, in all those years, I begin to see scriptures very differently today compared 10 years ago. Because there's maturity. So what I'm dabbling with tonight is this you cannot accept stagnancy. You cannot accept and advocate, this is how I am. If you're not maturing, then you're drinking milk like a child. John 15, 7 through 8 tonight, if you abide in me, And my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. But this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciple. The result of maturity tonight, as I close, is fruitfulness. Fruitfulness is seen as an evidence in the lives of matured believers. When we mature, whether in life or spiritually... When we begin to grow, I encourage, in fact, all of you to read that book by Henry Cloud, Boundaries. Fantastic book. You need to read it. Whether you can get an e-book or or pick up the hard copy, I think they're mostly out of stock right now. You, You need to read it because it addresses much of what I'm speaking of tonight, on why do people, I heard him uh, uh, you know, comment the other day, one lady was talking to him, it, he, had this, he has this live telecast on YouTube, and so I, I tune in every once in a while, listen to the program, and he was talking to this lady, and this lady was saying, you know what, uh, uh, my, my, my husband wants to control me. You know why he said, no, nobody can control you unless you let them control you. And he says, if you give them the permission to if you give them the right to control you, then and only then they can control you. But if you don't allow, see, we are autonomous in this church. What you do, though I carry the burden of the church, and what you do, I'm burdened by it. As Paul says, Paul mentions it in the Bible. He says, but my burden for the church daily, this is something you'll never go away for the pastor. I care about you and every day I think about you. Every day I pray for you. Every day I call out to God for you. Every day I'm fighting for every one of you here tonight. But my point is, even with that burden, I'm an autonomous That means you don't control me. Neither do I control you. Are you with me? That means you have the free will to choose what you want to do and you don't have to worry about how bad I feel. Because I'm not going to feel bad. Because I don't give you control in my life. Are you with me? That's good. Because that means... This church doesn't operate on guilt and condemnation. Oh, you didn't you didn't tell me. You know, you you preach like that. That means you don't love me. Hello, don't control me. I'll preach what God puts in my heart to preach. Oh, you said those things. You know, that means you don't care about me, Pastor. You, I called you. You know, and then you didn't even talk to me nicely. Mutual respect. You don't control me. I don't control you. Are you with me tonight? That means tonight, that's maturity. Maturity is not being controlled by somebody, maturity is being able to say no to control. So I will come to church, regardless of what people feel, because I need to be in church. That's maturity. I will give to God, irregardless of what people say. Why do you make your own decision? Because you're mature. That's why. But when you are immature, when you are not growing, people always have to pacify you. Okay, okay, baby. Okay, baby. Calm down, baby. Calm down. Calm down. Don't don't cry. No, no. What do you want? What do you want? Oh, oh, boo-boo want to want this. Oh, come, come, I buy for you. Just to pacify the guy or the lady. Oh, Pastor, you, you hurt me. Really? Uh, come, I buy you a coffee because I feel so bad for you. You know, people, people cannot. You have to remember maturity removes control. Because what is true love? True love is someone who releases you. You make your own choice. You make your own decision. And I believe this evening, I believe with all my heart, that is a symbol of maturity. When you can make your own decisions, you know who cannot make decisions? Children. Right? The child cannot say, tomorrow morning, Jeremy, ah, I'm not going to school today. Hey, I'm paying your, your school fees. I'm the one who's putting food on your table. You listen to what I tell you to do. But when he's 18, and he's an adult, so I don't go to school, what can I say? I mean, obviously, I will, I will do what I need to do as a dad, but my point is, as you grow, you find yourself gaining more control. And how many Christians live their Christian life with no control? Everybody else dictates what they do as a Christian. This is not happy. I'm not happy. You know, either, you know, I want to please this but I want to please that person. Don't please anybody. You heard me on Friday night. I told you straight up, don't come to church to please me. Please God. He's the person you have to please, not me. And I challenge you tonight. One of the clear indications of maturity is that you've come to a place where you are growing in your walk with God with complete, with complete control. that you can say, God, I want to know you more. And I'm not going to let life stop me. I'm going to keep maturing, 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 maturing in you. So I ask you tonight, have you grown out of that bottle? Can you eat meat tonight? Can you take preaching the word of God and say, I need to change. Take control. I need to change. Because that's where maturity comes tonight. I want you to bow your heads with me. Very simple thought tonight. BUT I WANT